The Halo universe is filled with wonder, mystery, and fascinating discoveries around every corner. With so much to explore, four friends decided it was about time that they boot up the consoles and discuss this universe that has grabbed their attention since childhood. Jumperscape Audio kindly welcomes you to join them in the library. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Library, the show where we go into Halo lore and then we're surrounded by a bunch of friends while we do it. It's, again, really good way to... I'm finding new ways to summarize the show. So, today, last week, we talked about the Didact and uh, what was the one thing that the Didact opposed? That's right. Thank you for answering uh, the, the three of you. Uh, it's the Halos. He hated them a lot. He really didn't like the concept, which, I mean, how could he? Yeah, I They are literally too. extinction machines. <laughs> uh so <laughs> so uh we're talking about the halos today mostly as a way to sort of level out the show from here on out because we've we've talked about very specific topics as i mentioned uh last week we had you know the precursors their story the forerunners their story how they connected the covenant how they were related to the forerunners the unsc how they met the covenant the human covenant war how that went out the Banished, what happened after the Human Covenant War, the Didact, the final threat after, like before the Banished showed up, the final threat that humanity faced, and the end of the Forerunner story. And now that we're done telling the timeline, basically, because we have to basically stop at the Didact, because he's the most recent events that are happening, thanks to Halo Epitaph, uh, now we get to talk about the whole general stuff. So we get to dive more into what makes the halo universe the halo universe and so what better way to start talking about the halo universe at large than the halos that are in the universe <laughs> <laughs> so uh it should be a good way to start off by mentioning what installations currently exist uh what actually is there uh including the ones that have been destroyed um because there are a couple that have either been destroyed or damaged uh no so, really <laughs> wonder who did that so currently we have installation zero one installation zero two installation zero three oh four five six seven eight and nine which i'll talk about that in a second um so uh installation zero one that one i'm fairly certain we haven't interacted with just yet i, I we do see it in the uh in a couple i think we see it in a novel Although it only pops up as like a hologram. So hologram. zero one is still not interacted with. It's likely that we have found it by now, but there's really nothing about it. That's like, Hey, we've, we've been here. That's great. Uh, Don't we have all the locations <laughs> for the halos now? Locations? Not quite. I, I, if we did, then we would already have stations outside of installations like zero one. Um, but I haven't seen anything that says that we found it and Halopedia doesn't see it, say anything about whether or not they found it. All that they have said is that the general stuff, Halo, uh, the installation 01 was brought online. It was about to fire because of Halo 3 and the UNSC stopped it. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, there was uh, the time that uh, the in the monitor and uh, that 
watched over Installation 00, the Ark, uh, used a captured, a captured human to activate the Halo Array's firing sequence. Um, but that wasn't specifically about 01. So just the general fact that the Halo was acting as a Halo would is pretty much all you've got. Uh, same thing goes for Installation 02. We still haven't found Installation 02. It's no surprise either because uh, Halos are separated by tens of thousands of light years so that they can cover more distance across the galaxy. Um, well, at the risk mm -hmm. of spoiling, I believe in um, the uh, Kilo 5 trilogy, they actually do find a area in a Forerunner temple that actually did have the Halo locations. Well, that wouldn't be surprising, but... Also wouldn't be surprising for them to execute just yet, just because that's still travel, I suppose. But who knows? Maybe it's just they haven't addressed it yet, because we only know that there's stations at other, at other uh, Halos because of Halo 4. So they probably have found them by now, but there's just nothing about what that means or what they're doing with it. So because of that, they likely have found it. Uh, no doubt about it, but they don't have a story just yet. So for now... In the lore, at least, they're just floating in space. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with Installation 03, things start to get a little bit more interesting. Uh, because Installation 03, uh, their whole thing was mostly related to, uh, as far as I'm aware here, uh, it appears in the games as a holograph. Like, that's just, there's the Halo. Fantastic. Holograph. A hologram. Um, but they do show up in some of the comics and novels or it shows up in some of the comics and novels. Uh, there's a whole story about what happened on installation zero three, like a whole thing because installation zero three is where the composers were made. This is relating to last week. It's where the composers were made. It's where the didact ended up when he was sent, you know, careening into his own composer slip space stream. Um, so that whole thing went down. There was a little bit that happened with the Human Covenant War uh, surrounding Installation 03, but that was mostly just, you know, the installation is about to be used. Um, so there wasn't much UNSC presence. But that's the gist of Installation 03's story, but now we're going to get into more of what uh, the real rings were doing. Uh, by the way, just to keep it updated, uh, Installation 00, the arc, heavily damaged, but it's it's sort of repaired now. And now we don't know who controls it, the Banished or the Spirit of Fire. Okay. Um, Installation 01, intact. No one's touched it. We don't, at least we don't know if anyone's touched it. Installation 02, same. It's intact. We don't know if anyone's touched it. Installation 03, uh, because of what happened with the Didact, getting it ejected uh, from the ring and, you know, composed by the forge that makes the composers, uh, it's it's got some surface damage going on, but otherwise still fine. Uh, now we get on to Installation 04. So everyone should know what Installation 04 is. Uh, it's pretty much everyone's first experience with Halo. Uh, that being the one from Comet Evolved. Oh. Uh, and Installation 04 is also the first ring that we ever found in Halo canon. So, uh, but this does bring up the stuff that I wanted to get into, hence the the fun of having broader topics that relate back to the games. Um, when when you look back and see 
how the Halo looked. Do you, do you guys still think that the way that they portrayed Zero Four, like even though the graphics aren't ter- aren't amazing, do you think that its portrayal is still holding up to this day? Like you still get a, a little bit of butterflies or a chill when you step out onto the open ring for the first time in the the mission Halo. I'd say so. I mean, as as wild as it looked in our cursed Halo playthrough, I'd say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because they did something, man. They're like they knew what they were going. I mean, first of all, it was groundbreaking because you're going from an interior space to a wide open space, and that was the first time that had ever really been done on a scale like that. Maybe in, at all. I don't really know how big of a deal it was, but I know it was a big deal considering that it was a major selling point when they were originally making it for the Mac that you could go outside. <laughs> um, Halo opened up the first opportunity for gamers to touch grass. <laughs> but uh zero four story is actually kind of awesome considering how it is sort of it, it expands all the way from before the war all the way to after the war with the covenant um because guilty spark his his story was told in the forerunner trilogy the fact that he once was a human and now he's a little robo ball um just above a uh, massive gas giant. Uh, and with Halo Comedy Evolved, you know, you as Master Chief do a little bit of a quirky thing to the ring. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's fine. We don't need to worry about it. I'm sure it'll get solved eventually. It'll be fine. Uh, the, the Halo's destruction actually probably... It's probably one of the most influential things that happened with Halo storytelling because it's kind of fun. We got two different stories out of the post installation zero four explosion. Um, because we all remember Nightfall, first of all. Uh Nightfall actually took place on a broken piece of the ring. I'm fairly certain it's actually supposed to be the exact same piece of the ring that you see go careening through another through the other side. Um which is great, and they they did a pretty cool a pretty cool job of uh, actually bringing that to life. I'd say, especially with the whole idea of it, since it's been floating around, it's getting awfully close to stars, so you don't want to get caught in the sun because it'll roast you. <laughs> um, no breathable atmosphere either, because you know the ring doesn't work anymore. Although the the better story that probably came out of it, uh, have any of you guys gotten a chance to watch the YouTube video Mona Lisa yet? YouTube video Mona Lisa. No. Yeah, it's a YouTube video released by 343. It's uh, it's a um visual novel or no. visual comic, whatever, motion comic, whatever you want to call it. No. No. Okay. Well, at your earliest convenience, homework for you guys cuz I genuinely think you would love it. Uh I talked about it actually a little a bit on Terminals. Um Mona Lisa is uh, first of all, it's the name of a office of naval intelligence ship, but second uh, of all, the story itself details how Oni was attempting to experiment on the flood uh, by subjecting human and covenant prisoners to the flood. Goodness. Uh, and of course, in its usual way of doing things, the flood broke quarantine and infected the entire ship. Of course. Uh, so. Uh, an Oni prowler pulled up and uh, they were sent there to assess the, the state of the whole thing. And, you know, once they saw the situation, they, with very calm, clear minds, 
uh, fired a Shiva class nuclear missile at it. Of course, <laughs> that was that was exactly my uh, my contingency plan. I was like, "Oh, the flood nuke." <laughs> yeah, it, and it worked. It worked very well. Good. Um, but what happened with them discovering the flood is what makes that story really good. And I won't say a single thing about that. But I will say, James, you would absolutely love it because it probably has one of the coolest Sanghealy characters that I've ever oh, I've seen. seen it. Oh, you see? Oh, I forgot you'd seen that. It. I'm but sorry. You didn't acknowledge me. <laughs> I, di- I didn't. I didn't hear it. It, it. Sometimes Discord will filter out your voice because I'm talking. So, I mean, we're recording this live in a studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we. Uh, I will touch Austin now. Uh, Why did you touch me like that? <laughs> I was proving a point. It was so gentle. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> okay. So, uh, after Zero Four got destroyed, though. Um, this is kind of the, the cool part is that we can technically classify the replacements of zero four as a technical, uh, new installation, because even though it's basically a carbon copy, it's still a different installation. So installation zero four's first time coming back was with halo three. You get to see the thing in construction live on the air <laughs> and it looked freaking gorgeous the the cutscene where the ring is slowly raising from the cr- like rising from the clouds is just it's beautiful it's one of the it still holds up amazingly well um do you guys remember when we tried to do the warthog run on foot yes i do remember that <laughs> it was broken it didn't it didn't go we got farther than i thought we would did we not we actually like, finish it we did not finish it we got about halfway through Oh, uh, for some we I thought my memory just ended there, but I thought we'd finished it. No, we couldn't get to it because the the floor started caving out in front of us, and there was no way to to get to the next area at one point. Yeah, that sounds familiar now. So it was just unfortunate. And then afterwards, we got upset, so we turned on acrophobia and <laughs> did it that way. There we go. Yeah, so that worked out in our favor. Um, so. After that, that one was destroyed, though. Good going, Chief. You destroyed the same ring twice. Um, they came back uh, a second time. And this one was Installation 09. Uh, this one came out with the Spirit of Fire in Halo Wars 2. That ring that Anders uses to be like, I'll go back home and, and call for help. And then disappears and, you know, apparently a, a guardian stops her along the way. Don't know what happened with that, but you know, I, I guess Anders is still in a staring contest with a guardian right now. <laughs> It'll be fine. She'll be fine. She seems like a uh, smart person. Now, now, here's the thing, though, is like I'm still wondering. They st- they don't have any current plans to make a Halo Wars three, but obviously they need to. Yes, obviously. Um, so if they were to make a, a Halo Wars three, though, I'm wondering if it would be should they cap off what happened on the arc. And, and the reason and I'll explain why I'm giving this as an option. Should they should they cap off what happened on the arc and, and finish that story? Or should they switch gears off of Spirit of Fire and or include it to some degree, but not make it the primary focus and make it so that it's about whatever is going on with installation zero nine, where something happens and UNSC Navy has to respond, so there's more of a space focus in that one. Um reason why I ask is because if we don't focus on Spirit of Fire, that opens up the possibility of it showing up in a, a, a major line, like a mainline Halo game at some point, which I'm still waiting for. Like at some point you're, you know, fighting off 
banished or whatever it is you're fighting. Things are getting intense. Cutscene hits. Suddenly, you see a slim space portal open overhead, and you hear Captain Cutter's voice go, Master Chief, it's good to see you. <laughs> like, Don't be silly. Yeah. 343 is not creative enough to do something that cool. Oh. Yeah, you gotta I wake am. up from I that I just gotta one, get Drew. in 343, that's all. Like, we'll trade him from the inside. No, it's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll intervene. Writers. <laughs> no, that's all right. Fine. I'll do I'll it myself. Then I'll you just... hire all of us as writers and level design. I can I'll be the game tester. I find all the glitches. <laughs> <laughs> it's Dude. like, come on, man. We've got a whole team for the. No, 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 no. Sit him down. He sits down, <laughs> immediately starts <laughs> scribbling, doesn't even hit play yet. <laughs> this is a glitch. I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> I'm Dude. just saying, I'm pretty sure the music is delayed by a frame. <laughs> by one frame. <laughs> I know this is slightly off topic, but because we're talking about finding glitches, I loaded up Lego Star Wars last night, and I guarantee you I found like five glitches in one hour. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> but that might just be the game. It's just you just attract them because I, I like I'll play games and I'll be like, oh, this is such a perfect experience. I love how clean this is. Then you play it for like 10 minutes. and You're like, this is so broken. It, no, <laughs> you're like, I didn't experience any of that. I'm like, I experienced it once every 30 minutes at least. And I had to settle with the fact that you're a schizo. All right. <laughs> I just want to point out the fact that the fact that you're a Marines in Halo 3 shoot dead bodies is incredible. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Very cool, Shane. I'm Thank playing you. through Halo Three while we're doing this. Here, I, I got. I, I'll, I'll one up you on that one, Shane. It's the fact that the Marines have been shooting dead bodies and responding to their into hostile death since the first game. I love it. I, I I love that they were just like this is important. This is this needs to be part of the DNA. Um, you stole my kill. I love that voice line. Oh, that one's really good. My favorite memory with any of the Marines, though, is still. Halo CE playing it when I was like 11 and I'm trying to get through truth and reconciliation and um, I was trying to keep my Marines alive at the time I know kind of <laughs> wild uh, and I had gotten to the point where I only had one Marine left and I was trying my best to keep them alive there was one grunt left we were in the hangar on the third floor and there's only only, only one grunt left and we're home free to finish that part of the mission and this Marine just lifts his hands in the air does that animation and goes we'll take you all on and then the grunt one taps him oh no and i thought he was the main character i, I just started laughing real hard <laughs> i killed the grunt obviously but i was laughing very hard so that was just it was a very special moment for me and probably was integral to my love of halo at the time excellent uh, so now we get on to Installation 05. This one is probably going to be the most important to me and James because Installation 05 is Delta Halo, the Halo from Halo 2. Two Halos. <laughs> Two Halos. <laughs> uh, this one, I got to say, like as, as groundbreaking as Halo CE's ring was, I don't think anything comes close to the vibe that Halo 2's ring gives off. I think Halo Reach had the best Halo ring. That's <laughs> Bryant made that joke before we started the episode. <laughs> I did, and and like what's what makes me mad is that you could talk about the Halo Reach ring and you're still valid because it's just the Comet Evolved ring. So like, <laughs> I can't tell you you're wrong or anything. All uh, I need to know is did we make what does he say? Did we lose them? Did we lose them? I knew what I was saying was wrong. I think we both know the answer to that. 
Um, I remember the time with my uneducated child brain with Halo lore. I thought that they, I didn't realize that they were talking about like, did we lose the covenant? Um, my 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 little child brain thought that they were just like answer at the time. I didn't know what they were referring to uh-huh. just at all. Okay, uh-huh. so I thought they were when he was asking, "Did we lose them?" I thought he was talking about Noble Team. Oh, and I'm like, oh, that's what he was talking about. That's so cool that they called back so many years after. But no, I'm just stupid as a child. Yeah, because uh, first of all, like all of them were dead already. So yeah, th- you lost. There were only like two of them left. One, there was one left. <laughs> there was one left <laughs> when you when you had left the planet. So all yes, I- you lost them. Yeah, all I need to know is is everyone dead? I think we both know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> she says it more exasperated. <laughs> I think we both know the answer to that. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Installation 05, though, something about it, dude. It's probably the fact that it has some of the most gorgeous-looking Forerunner... uh, What am I thinking of here? Um, Why am I losing the word? It's... Architecture? Well, yes, but ancient, specifically, when, you know, like... The Mayan temples are... Yes, ruins! (laughs) The 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 Forerunner ruins are some of the most gorgeous out of any of the games so far. Even out of the rings that we've gotten to see in the newer titles, it's just like the vibe is completely different. It's I don't know. I I still find myself getting a little bit lost, especially with Halo Two Anniversary on the part where you get to go underwater between the temples. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess they're not temples per se. Whatever it is, the Forerunners used them as power stations or whatever. Yeah. Um, th- just watching all of the 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 life, looking at all of the ruins that are underneath the water that were probably not submerged at one point, like it's it's fascinating what they did to try to make the ring feel more alive. And you're on that ring for most of the game, which is great. <laughs> um, by God, what a novelty making a halo that you're on a halo <laughs> ring. <laughs> I know, incredible. Thank you, Halo Infinite, for at least making that happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Installation 05 got a lot of action. Uh, it saw quite a bit. Uh, reasonably so. The Prophets wanted to make it their screensaver permanently. I can I can vibe with that. That's a, that's a reference to uh, Halo dubs, by the way. I see. Uh, if you haven't seen Halo dubs, I mean, that's really on you. Um, I can't really help you in any way at all i like to begin Never. with it was already hard but now i really can't <laughs> um but the the rings the, the ring itself was i think probably you could probably really put it as it, it was the last game that really made the halo the focus because everything was about that halo they were so excited about it with the covenant because they had lost zero four and then oh my gosh not even a month after the first ring is gone we found another one dude this is awesome. We're on such a spree right now. A killing spree, if you will. Let's, uh, let's see if we can keep this one alive, shall we, Arbiter? Um, about and, that. Uh-huh. <laughs> about keeping that one alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it. it's fine. It made it. It's just ridden with flood. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. <laughs> um... At least I'm fairly certain the flood is still there. I wouldn't. I would doubt the, the their ability to prevent the flood from. I mean, they didn't 
prevented. They showed up in Halo 3. So, <laughs> um, But the ring itself is probably the most gorgeous looking ring. Blur Studios did a fantastic job of bringing that one to life. It, it, I This is the way I play Halo 2 now on MCC, right? And I'm, I'm sure that some of you guys will be able to vibe. Although you can tell me how you play it, how you choose to play it. Halo 2 Anniversary, I'll always watch the cutscenes in Anniversary graphics and then switch right back to classic graphics just because I like the classic graphics more. That's what I do too. There's so much, uh, there's so many particle effects going on that I basically have to switch back to original because there, I mean, there are, I'll switch back and forth in gameplay, honestly. There are mm. some things that are really nice in Anniversary, um, but I mean, obviously you watch the cutscenes in Anniversary, but I'll switch back and forth between original and Anniversary. Yeah. I was not surprised at all when I found out that the same guys who did those cutscenes for Halo 2 Anniversary, Blur, are also doing the cutscenes for all of the Modern Warfare games right now. It's so good. Their cutscenes are so good. They're way too good at what they do. I, they have a YouTube channel where they post all, pretty much as much content as they possibly can that they've made as their little showcase portfolio, basically. Mm-hmm. They've been doing this for like over 15 years if if i remember correctly and even going all the way back to their stuff from like the 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 late 2000s it's it's unreal how good they look for the animation tech they had at the time so i mean i don't know how they did it but they do it so well um i want them to come back because they really know how to make halo look good uh Halo Wars 2 was a fantastic rendition of that as well. I mean, they did a back-to-back game thing. They'd made Halo 2 Anniversary cutscenes and Halo Wars 2. They just, they, I think the thing that makes them so good is that they really dig into what they're making and try to make it as thematically accurate as possible. They actually do their research. They are worth whatever money that they cost. I guarantee it. So what i would love i understand that there are companies that really want a, a bite of blur at all times but it really would be cool if blur were to be able to come and become like a halo partner you know yeah, like definitely. aside from in-game cutscenes i'm cool with in-game cutscenes i do like those a lot i was very but, sad that halo infinite wasn't didn't have blur cutscenes i was sad about it but i was mostly sad because most of the cutscenes are just people standing around yeah I think it really I think it really messes things up when the most marketable scene that you have, which obviously you want marketable scenes because if you don't, then you're not going to be able to market your game very well. Um, your most marketable scene is Chief jumping off a cliff and landing in a pelican mid-flight. Um, yeah. Which, cool scene, but I gotta lay it out. Red versus blue made it cooler. <laughs> they did. So... And I think I that mean, would be a writing issue, though. Like, if your scenes aren't good enough for the cutscenes, then you uh, didn't make good scenes. <laughs> hey there, Halo fans. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with our friends right after these messages. No, and writing goes into that. It's how they compose the thing. It's They had a large room to work with. And they wanted to make sure that they utilized that full room. The problem is, is that it always feels like the actor is in a room. Yeah. Uh, it, no matter how the situation is. The coolest cutscenes are by far him jumping off of that cliff. And the other one being when he's quote unquote fighting the. Oh, gosh, what's her name? Um, Endless lady. 
Is she? I mean, she's the end, the the endless, the uh, not ma. She doesn't start with an M. I don't know. You know her. Skimmer. <laughs> the skimmer. Well, let's not talk about skimmers again. <laughs> no, that uh, opened a door that we cannot. <laughs> but she show, but uh, like her showing up and them quote unquote fighting, which is basically just Chief dodges twice and then doesn't dodge the third time. Which I still don't quite understand the the not dodging the third time because she actually was moving slower than the other two times that he dodged, <laughs> but. You know, I just, I don't get it. I don't think that, it, it seems like every time that 343 is in charge of the cutscenes, uh, they don't quite know how a, how a Spartan moves, at least not after Halo 4. But then again, we've already talked about before on, af- on the after show, how Halo 4 does not, uh, it doesn't feel like 343 made it. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so different. Um, and we'll get into more about how things are different in a second, because the, the Halos are a really good way to describe how the experience has changed um so zero five back on to zero five uh it was subject to the human covenant war any halo ring that gets subject to the human covenant war is going to be ridden with destruction and chaos and mayhem and a grave mind from time to time from time to time so (laughs) um the uh the whole system was saved though it didn't have to get destroyed uh it just it attempted to fire and it built up a bunch of energy in the center. And then that energy didn't go anywhere because the, the activation was canceled, which basically put all the rings on standby mode, which means it couldn't be activated. But now it meant that all of the rings could be activated from one particular location, which is rough. Um, so that being the arc, by the way. So after the, the war, though, I went back to New York. I'm sorry, I can't make that <laughs> reference. It's not it's not that time anymore. Uh, the. After the human coming to war, uh, obviously Oni stepped up and established a station in orbit of zero five, um, which they had to make it in orbit because the ring, the ring's automated defenses were actually still online and still upset. So, yeah, basically the station was just uh, to study it to be like, oh, what's this ring about? What was its purpose before? Uh, it was just kind of left out here. Um, and that was pretty much the gist of it i mean the whole thing with tragic solitude the the monitor in charge of the arc uh his story goes across pretty like a a great number of the installations including zero five and zero four because he use he uses the justification of zero five got contaminated and sterilized and zero four was destroyed and the arc was almost destroyed uh y'all are causing too many too many problems for me i i can't trust you and that's also why he thought that humanity was forerunners because forerunners were not very trustworthy to him anymore yeah which granted after a hundred thousand years of being promised that your purpose was going to be great you probably would start to question some things but hey his purpose was fulfilled because it was important for him to cause a problem because now the ark is under the control of humanity and they were able to understand more about galactic truths and stuff um so Nowadays, with uh, with the way that zero five is, um, it, it, like twenty five fifty eight, I think is the is the most recent stuff that we have. Uh, UNSC and Swords of Saint Helios just sort of patrol from time to time. Uh, there was, according to Halopedia, this is interesting. Uh, I'll just quote this directly. At some point, unusual activity on the ring was investigated by Oni through remote surveying technology. 
The intelligence agency discovered strange structures that, so, that suddenly appeared on the installation's surface at key power and data junctions. Uh, Oni created war game simulations, Orion and Pegasus, based off of these structures for Spartan Force to train in, with the intent to send these Spartans to Installation 05 to examine the structures. <clears throat> the Spartans were trained to deal with any possible threat from aggressor sentinels, Promethean constructs, or Covenant remnants that could interfere with the investigation. And it was later discovered that, around these structures, the local, local aggressor sentinels suddenly became actively hostile and organized. That's pretty much all we got with that. So... The installation is still active. It's still doing weird stuff, but that's sort of par for the course for Halos. We don't really know any rhyme or reason as to why they do most of the things that they do. Because Halos seem to be alive to some degree, like thinking constructs, but the monitors control most of what they do. So for the time being, though, the surface of installation 05 has been glassed. Um, and it's currently under quarantine from the UNSC and the swords. So that's just kind of what we got to deal with. Uh, installation 06 is on the same is it's in the same boat as 01 and 02. We know it's there. We know where it is. Nothing's happened to it. So it's just floating in space for now, <laughs> according cool. to our understanding of how the story goes. Uh, but now we get to the last installation. I'm not going to touch on the arc because the arc is going to get its own episode. Um, but uh, Installation 07 right now is the most important installation out of the entirety of the array because it's the one that we're currently on. Uh, installation 07 was first seen at the end of Halo 5 where Cortana is creepily humming in your ear uh, in the legendary ending and the Halo is seen coming online, which we now know that the reason why it was coming online was because Cortana was getting ready to, you know, do something unfortunate <laughs> to uh well we determined we determined before that we're outside of spoiler range um to blow up that part of the ring or the part that we're on in order to prevent uh atriox from getting what he wants which of course she failed because atriox has the strongest plot armor known to man ah um i'm sure there's a logical not logical well there's a reason that <laughs> that uh, Atriox survived. We'll probably get that reason in a book. Somehow, Maybe. Atriox survived. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I've said this before. I don't care that it doesn't make any sense. I'm glad he's still here. <laughs> I'm glad Hopefully they keep him for a while. You have any idea how pissed I would have been if the coolest villain that Halo has had in a long time just got blown up in a cutscene that I wasn't there for? Yes, because I was also annoyed when they first were like, he's dead. We're like, what? Yeah, it's just awful. But no, now we know he's fine. He's just looking around for mendicant bias because, you know, as you do. <laughs> like you get his origin story cutscene in Halo Wars 2 and then the cutscene where he just absolutely wrecks Red Team. And you're just like, yes, this is a good, this is a very good villain. And then they're like, yeah, he's dead. Mm hmm. I kind of wanted more of what happened with uh, Cheap versus Atriox. I, I did really want more. I hope we get more of that in the future. But sure for now will. with 07. Uh, 07, we've mentioned this before with the Forerunner episode. 07 is... Actually, I think it was the Forerunner episode. I can't remember which one it was. But anyway. Uh, this is the only surviving Halo ring from the original array of 12 30,000 kilometer wide Halos. Uh -huh. All of the other halos we've mentioned so far have a diameter of 10,000. 
30,000 was determined to be a little bit too brittle and too easy to uh, to break apart by navigating it just a little too sharply. Because <laughs> um, it, it really was true. If you tried to drift this thing, you would it would end up ripping itself apart from the momentum. Um, it still has its functionality. I'm going to assume it has the same functionality as the other 11 array, uh, like the other 11 halos of the original design, that it does have the capacity to just kind of jettison pieces of itself and reassemble into a 10,000 kilometer halo. But I'm glad that they didn't for this sake, because that's a lot of that's a lot of halo. <laughs> for some reason, that gave me Titanic vibes where they're just like, there's an asteroid. Get out of the way. And it just breaks. <laughs> <laughs> it, sh it should be noted actually there was a moment in the Forerunner trilogy of books where I think it was the didact uh, I think I actually also mentioned this in, in another episode at one point the didact ordered his warrior servant ships to latch onto the side of a halo of one of the halos and activate their slip space drives to push the ring in such a way so that it would dodge this uh, this I think it was a moon that they were approaching so that the moon would just go through the center of the ring. <laughs> nice. Which is like, I mean, I'm waiting for, I would love so much. I've been waiting for this detail for so long. I would really love at some point, if I can see the other half of the halo ring, I should be able to see some, some astrological happening in the center of that ring. Hmm. Like, I want to see me flying through some nebulas. I want to see a planet or an asteroid or something pass over at some point. Because I would, I mean, come on, why not? You know, if you're going to put this thing in space and I can openly see the other side, <laughs> like, yeah. I should be able to would see be really what's going. Cool. It would like, be. Like, I would love it. Like that pass through. Although then again, I do think that the pinnacle of the Halo experience is going to be when we get to the point in technology where I can explore a full Halo ring. Oh, yeah. I would love that, especially if they implemented the you'd whole thing give, of... Hmm? You'd have to give creative freedom to, you'd have to sell the rights to uh, Halo to rockstar at that point <laughs> <laughs> it would have to be very impressive stuff but if they did do that i would love it to to expand on the whole concept that i brought up of you know things passing through the middle because it's an open halo ring but like you know being able to fly from one end to the other being able to stop on some asteroids that are in the center and then go off to the next part if for the sake of campaign it would probably be a terrible idea so i understand that but like forge campus like a whole halo ring would be awesome. Uh, so I would I would be all about that. Uh, so installation 07. It its story is for the most part unknown. It's the most mysterious out of all of the halo rings, as uh, Mr. Joseph Staten himself said. Uh, it was the place where the primordial and mendicant bias first met. That uh. is one of the bigger things about it is that Mendicant Bias went there. Uh, he was charged with test firing Installation 07 uh, on one of the planets that Humanity and Forerunners fought. Uh, but when he tested test fired that thing, the Primordial, who was on the surface of the planet that he tested it on, was released from the cell that he was trapped in, that time-locked cell. Mm -hmm. It opened that thing up because as we talked about before the halos fire this sort of neurological type of thing it's it's a like the weapons that the precursors use were often neurological in nature don't know how that works it's science to some degree but the halos used similar weaponry hence why 
you know, it targets living things and why if there's something that is living but not technically a life, so such as the domain, those things get damaged. Yeah. And this time, this time cell that he was in similarly was used was using precursor technology. So when the ring was fired, that's it. The ring is uh, the ring has opened up the cell and now the primordial is free. So uh, the primordial goes to it goes to the ring, meets with uh, Mendicant Bias and essentially convinces Mendicant Bias that, um, you know, you need to release the flood and turn on your creators. Uh, and that, of course, led to the awful things that happened uh, across the entirety of the Forerunner Empire. Um, but setting all of that aside, uh, there are some things that happen with it in terms of interactions through um, at least like one novel, as far as I'm aware. And also you get to see it in the Halo Legends animations. But um, for the most part, the the thing was just kind of lost for a very, very long time. Uh, thankfully, we do know a little bit more about what happened thanks to the, the lore that Halo Infinite has opened up for us, such as that uh, the species that the, the Endless are actually called the Zalalin or Zalalin, whatever I'm going to say, Zalalin. Um, they were on the ring, so they survived the array's activation, I guess. Um, the remaining remaining members of the Forerunner Council. I'm reading right off of Halopedia right now because I didn't know anything about this. Um, the remaining members of the Forerunner Council decided to engage in a parlay with the Zalalin. So Installation 07 was moved from its firing position in a different system uh, so that it was in close proximity to the Zalalin's homeworld. Uh, and the Forerunners imprisoned the Zalalin within Installation 07 and it has not returned to its original firing position ever since. So the planet that Installation 07 is currently over is the original homeworld of the Zalalin. Whatever those creatures are, that they have such power. Um, so, it, it should be noted, though, that Installation 07 is actually ready to fire at any time, hence why uh, I think Cortana was planning to use it or something. It's still ready to fire. It's been on standby for a while. Um, but it could be out of commission now. Who knows? But for now, it's it's been on standby. Uh, there's been a couple other stories that have happened with its deactivation um, and eventually with things like the... Uh, what was this? This is, oh, oh, okay. This is going into a story I haven't read yet, so I can't actually talk about much of this because I don't know it. But there's the there's a story about uh, Sergeant Forge's daughter. There's a couple books about her, uh, and she interacts with this ring at some point, apparently. So, I mean, I would go into those books. Then I got to get into those. But setting all that aside, um. The created end up pulling up to the ring. They know where it is. So they pull up to it. They get interrupted by the banished who also found it. Thanks to them having control over the, the arc, which should reveal where the rings are at all times. Um, Cortana having very calm mindedness in this situation. 
used this situation to blow up Doisac, the homeworld of the Brutes, which was probably the the most jarring thing that happened in the uh, in the game. Um, which I don't know. I still like. I did have a jaw drop moment when that happened in the campaign, but. I'm not exactly sure how much that will affect things. It's probably going to be the same thing. It's like, oh, the Grunt's home world got blown up, but you don't really think about it that much. I don't know. Um, so, after what happened there, uh, Atriox, you know, not exactly happy about that. Uh, he takes over the ring pretty easily. He just has the ability to do that. Uh, the Infinity shows up to try to prevent this from happening but doesn't go very well infinity gets presumed destroyed and the banished win that war basically the, the majority of human forces were wiped out in that battle i'm gonna be very sad if the infinity is actually destroyed that thing was really cool i agree i don't care if it has a sister ship the sister ship is not that cool yeah like not as cool and like so many so much forerunner tech and stuff like it was really cool yeah but same thing goes for installation 07 like i'm happy that installation 07 is still here even though it has a chunk blown out of it now yeah um because that thing i mean so we we've covered all the rings so now for the last bit of the show here th this is the part that i really wanted to get into is what about these rings is the most impressive basically uh mostly asking that question to be like halo infinite's target goal was to let you freely explore a halo for the first time ever so why does it feel so empty in comparison to the past times we've been on a halo ring and also restrictive because there's invisible walls and stuff <laughs> mm. uh like, yeah. I, I, I never understood how... I never understood... I, okay, I'll clarify. I understand that the reason why you can't just cross over, even though it's completely possible using Halo Infinite's physics to cross over into another part of the map you're not supposed to yet, uh, is because the maps, the missions themselves, if you do that, you will break the game and you'll get to missions that you're not supposed to be at yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, in response to that, that sounds like it was a design oversight. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so mad unfortunate L plus ratio. <laughs> um, the, the rings, I think the first thing that you could probably say to start it off is halo infinite gives us a portion of this ring. That's huge. And it's all grassland and trees. Yeah. When we know for a fact that Insulation 07 has a lot more terrain than that. We know that because the hologram in Halo 3 that shows Installation 07, you can look at it and it does have some really green parts, but it also has massive oceans and a huge desert. Like these things do exist. Um, and probably also to that end, like Halo Infinite has a lot to explore. You can look at the caves, you can find data pads and stuff like that. But I think the one thing that they're lacking right now is the mystery of it all. Because the answer to what the Forerunners are has been answered. So 
looking around and looking for forerunner stuff, the only way you can really make the forerunners interesting anymore is by trying to expand their story by using what they left behind with Halo 3, that answer was the terminals. You could go and look at a terminal and it would tell you more about what happened with the Forerunners and expand upon it. So even if you know what happened and you know what these relics and ruins are all about, you still get to know more about the context. It's sort of like if you're a historian, you you probably are used to seeing ruins all over the place, but you don't know what these ruins were used for until you find some inscriptions that tell you that somebody lived there. Um and Halo Infinite does a really bad job, I think, because there's only one story that you get in the data pads. Uh, it's like some forerunner researcher trying to understand what the Zaylalin are, uh, which is fascinating. <laughs> it's great. Um, and then you you kind of can find some pieces here and there of the ring that are containing you know these various secrets and there's power stations that jettison energy from comedy evolved that's like that's great to revisit them but you know it's not it's not the same it doesn't have the same vibe uh that was one thing that's something i think they could have taken from um stuff like kilo 5 trilogy where like in the kilo 5 trilogy they end up in a uh shield world and uh they have a lot of other stuff going on but sort of half the book is them being like what is this building what is this building what what is this looks similar to what we think this might be but is that what it is like and there's just this massive city basically set up for any forerunner that might end up at the shield world for shield world purposes um and like you said you have some of the installations that we've seen before so that's pretty neat but if there's no there's there's no mystery like we already know what they are, um, mm -hmm. and yeah, you do go through some um, you go through some forerunner buildings that we haven't really been through before and stuff like that. But uh, it's mainly while you're in the middle of another mission, so you're not really paying attention to anything, and you're just blazing through everything with the grapple hook. Um, so I think if there was more focus, because like you said, it does feel empty. And to a certain degree, it makes sense that it's empty, mm. but it also lacks the mystery, like you said. So if they had more buildings and maybe some other Forerunner um, constructs like, um, I'll reference Kilo 5 Trilogy again, um, these little cylinders that went around, like making sure that nobody was infected with the flood, making sure everybody was healthy, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, little things that aren't super important but give life to the world and i'll also use wildlands as an example of um life for the game because you were talking about only having one sort of um terrain going on wildlands mm -hmm. you go from one province to another and like even within the same province sometimes you can have multiple different um types of land to change things up and I think if they had picked, it, even if they had picked an area of the ring that had just one different type of um, environment going on to add a little bit of variety to some of the missions, um, I think that would have, uh, they could have taken a very good page out of Wildlands book in that, in that respect to Absolutely. add some life to it. 
Yeah, because you're you're missing one of the major things that made the OG games a lot of fun is that you're missing the Halo's ability to add gameplay variety. Right. Um, Halo Three, one of the most famous missions, the Covenant. You're flying a Hornet. So don't play because you right have now. no other option. There you go. So this guy literally. understands. I literally just finished that part. Oh, nice. <laughs> like you get to fly in a Hornet because you have no other option. You have to fly in a Hornet. So your path is set in stone. With Halo Infinite, you could probably play the entire campaign on foot. You yeah. don't have to step into a vehicle probably once if you really want to. Um, although I will say, there was one really interesting thing that I'm still trying to really piece together in my head. The remnants of Cortana's memories floating around inside of the installations. Because hmm. installation 07, you're going around and you just see, you know, you see these like fake holographic images of the children the Spartans before they were Spartans. Right. I forgot about um, that. <laughs> they freaked me out, man. I was I, I was listening to them talk and I'm like, I, okay, that's a quote from the book. Okay, that's a quote from the book. Okay, that's a quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was fascinating, especially since you don't really realize that it's Cortana's memories doing that until you realize that when you see Cortana's hologram that it's a very similar effect. Um, mm. And it's fantastic, but there's nothing attached to that that has to do with anything that is Forerunner per se. So if we're talking specifically Halo related, the Halo still has very little life to it, which it's supposed to be like it's the oldest one, but it's also supposed to be the one that's most alive out of all the rings because it has all of its systems still online. Yeah. So the fact that it's not alive, the fact that in Halo 2, you had those constructor sentinels that are just little baby little sentinels floating around <laughs> working on stuff and fixing things. You don't see those little guys. Um, sentinels are seen, but you don't you don't do anything with them. They don't try to help you. They don't try to fight you. They don't do anything. So one more bit of life from the ring is taken away. Um, you do get to fight the monitor that was in charge of the place. So you just immediately kill him. <laughs> I don't remember that. Well, okay, wait, not the monitor. Wait, yeah, it was a monitor. There was some AI that was upset with you, and you have to fight him, and then there was another monitor, or the same monitor that might have been fine, but he got taken apart by the freaking Zalolin. Like, literally, piece by piece, you walk up to him, and he's just floating, but he's in pieces. Huh. Um, that was rough to see. Uh... It's like anything that had to do with the Zayla limb was infinitely more interesting than what was presented with the Forerunners. Uh, which is upsetting because the Forerunners still have a lot of things to answer for. <laughs> and I would really like to know more about them. Um, so, I don't know. I think aside from those things, the most obvious things that really need to be worked on is definitely relating to the terrain. The the experiences of seeing what a ring can do and how it creates its own sort of life. Because the coolest part about the rings in general is that the librarian was using them to house life. So there's life on those rings that are from other planets across the galaxy. So true. I would love to see more. Like seeing it's like they understood at one point because the trailer, the teaser trailer that was released seven years ago for Halo Infinite. That had, you know, the space rhinos and the space deer and all those other creatures. It's like, that looked great. Wait, how, wait, wait, wait. How many years ago? Like, like seven. 
Five uh, between between four and seven, somewhere in there. Uh, um, Shane feels old. <laughs> but all those creatures, and none of them show up. We got space gophers and space owls. Um, gophers are cool. The gophers were cool. The chickens are pretty nice, but I mean, the space owl is probably my favorite. But I think it's actually from Halo Wars. Um, like there's creatures there, but they they aren't. It doesn't feel as alive. There's something about it. I, I'm still, to be clear, I don't know my own opinions because I'm still trying to figure out why it's more fun, despite the fact that I know everything about it, why it's more fun to explore the Forerunner installations and environments in Halo 2 and Halo 3 than it is to do the same thing in Halo Infinite. It doesn't make any sense to me yet because it it's just not the same. And I... And I'm doing my best to not look at it with rose-tinted glasses because I'm very well aware that Halo 3's storytelling was pretty awful and Halo 2's uh, options were limited. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. It's just a weird vibe. I haven't played Halo Infinite recently enough to be able to compare it. I want to play it again soon just so I can see if I can expand that. Just because I played it once. I explored a decent amount. I did like how the weapon had a uh, a comment for pretty much everywhere you went. That was cool. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe it's because I was openly invited to explore, and because of that, it didn't feel the same. Because none of the none of it was iconic. I can't go to a specific. Like, if I wanted to see something beautiful, I'd be like, okay, Halo Three. I'll start up the Covenant. I know I'm gonna see something awesome. Uh, with Infinite, though, it's like. There's nothing really memorable about the terrain. <laughs> it's all trees yeah. and grassland. It's all caves. There's nothing that's like, yeah, I can go there. That's pretty cool. Right. I think the only parts that are memorable are the ones that they kind of force it by putting you in the, the crosshairs of the Halo theme. <laughs> <laughs> but if no one else has any other closing thoughts, um, we're running out of time rapidly. So I'll, I'll, I'll let the, the floor be open if anyone has anything that's been pressing on their mind. believe cool. it was covered <laughs> <laughs> so uh that's gonna be it for this episode though uh hope you enjoyed next week we're gonna be going into the creators of the halos the arcs there are two of them we get to talk about um won't be overly complicated but might as well bring them into the conversation just because their stories are also very fascinating uh, if you enjoy this episode, then you can feel free to join us next week. If you really enjoy this episode, then you can hop over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash jumperscape, and you can join us in our after show that is starting momentarily. And I don't know what we're going to be talking about yet, but it'll probably be something real fun and interesting. We would love to see you there. So feel free to hop on over, and we'll see you next week otherwise. The library was produced and published by Jumperscape Audio. Funding was provided by our fantastic patrons on Patreon. Big thanks to DarkSalad42 and Connor Clark. If you enjoy the show and wish to support Jumperscape's future projects or get some sweet benefits, join our Patreon at patreon.com jumperscape or become part of this truly special community at discord.gg jumperscape. Thank you for your listenership, and we hope you enjoyed.